It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 37 of Funny Like a Clown podcast coming from you. At, uh, we're in Winchenden, Massachusetts. Uh, this is uh, September 22nd, 2019 and uh, they call it Winchentucky and uh, it's uh, the toy town as you can see behind me. They got a big, uh, big toy horse to commemorate that they... Uh, Got a lot of factories in town to build toys. Like we came out of Gardner, and that was the chair city. They had the big chair. Well, now we got the big toy horse behind us. And uh, I think I already said it's episode 37, so we come a long way. Uh, we'll be discussing Jonathan Winters today, legendary comedian. And apparently everybody in Winchenden owns a motorcycle because it's about the fifth Harley that comes by. So if you move to Winchenden, Massachusetts, mandatory you buy a Harley Davidson. But hey, buy an American bike. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm getting around, you know. I mean, we we normally the studios in uh, Gardner, little town outside of Boston. I'm getting around. Winchin is a little bit past Gardner, and I'm out sightseeing. I'm bringing you guys with me. Uh, Funny like a clown podcast is always brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce for the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time. There is only one G Vegas available at www.gvegas.webs.com. Check it out, man. I mean, uh, it's a homemade recipe. It's local. You're supporting the local people, and uh, it's it's tasty. I'll tell you, much better than anything you can buy in a, a bottle at a store. Okay, anything homemade. You make homemade good stuff. You know it's homemade. Jonathan Winters, man, homemade comedian. Uh, let's see, he began in the 1960s, and uh, he started recording comedy albums for Kavir Records, and he released a comedy album every decade for 50 years, which uh, that's quite the accomplishment. Because I think of Eddie Murphy, where uh, you know, he, he did comedy albums, and everybody loved them, but uh, once he hit it in the big time in movies, he stopped doing the comedy albums, and, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, that that's your first love, and he always said that was a stepping stone, you know, stand-up comedy, he used that as a stepping stone to get to making movies, but there's nothing like a live crowd, there's nothing that gets your juices going, and I just uh, finished up a movie myself, uh, and I can't wait to do another one, well, they are fun, but I'll never get away from stand-up, because there's nothing like the live crowd, Eddie Murphy, he's coming back, but... Can you imagine releasing one comedy album every decade for 50 years? Uh, you know, I think George Carlin, he owns the record for most on uh, most HBO comedy specials. And he made the money. He was an old man, and he was still putting them out because he loved comedy. He did it till the day he died. Not because he had to. He wanted to. If you do what you love to do, you never work a day in your life. That's what they say. So along with his... Uh, Album a year for 50 years. Uh, Jonathan Winters won 11 Grammy Awards. Eight of those were for the best comedy album. And that was a thing, man. I'm back in the day, now with the internet's kind of rude comedy albums. Kind of rude music, too, for that point. But, I mean, if you get a Grammy Award for the best comedy album, you're at the top of your game. This guy's got eight of them. Uh, he also won a Best Album for Children and the Best Spoken Comedy Album. And, uh... I always thought it was cool. I always thought later on, you know, after I've done everything else, I always want to do a kids' TV show because who don't want to be in there with Mr. Rogers and Big Bird and Sesame Street and the Muppets and 
I'd love to do a children's show. So hopefully if I live long enough later in my career, I'll do one. But um, even George Carlin, I know, when I did uh, his podcast, a little known fact about him, he was the voice of Thomas the Tank Engine. So he was a dirty comedian, but he, he still did the kids thing and he still came out great. And I, I really respect that. Uh, let's see. Um, he had a career that spanned six decades, and he did uh, hundreds of television shows. The Steve Allen Show, The Gary Moore Show, The Wacky World of Jonathan Winter, so we get his own TV show there. Uh, probably what we, our generation, remembers for, Mork and Mindy, where he played Murph. Uh, he was on Hee Haw, and I remember my parents, that was must-see TV for my parents back in the day, Hee Haw, so uh, you made it on there, that was, hey, that was brought you to him, you know, by your parents, and then we got to see him in Mork and Mindy. Then he was in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. And uh, that got some talk on the internet when I asked about one of them that uh, some people loved him on that also. Here's one I didn't even know, and I'm into comedy, man, and this one blew my mind because I'd have never guessed it in a million years until I read it. He was the voice of Grandpa Smurf in the TV series and uh, in the movies Smurfs and Smurfs 2. I had no idea that this guy was Papa Smurf, so uh, that puts him on a whole new category for me personally. Not that he needs it, but, you know, hey. Uh, let's see, uh, he actually passed away nine days after completing Smurfs 2, and they decided to uh, dedicate the movie to him because such a legendary career. I mean, like I said, we saw him, our generation at the end of his time, you know, with Mork and Mindy and stuff, but before that, he, he had just accomplished so much in our parents' generation. That they're just one of the legendary, iconic comedians of the time. Uh, he won an Emmy Award for the short-lived series Davis Rules. And let's see. Uh, he was also a painter, okay, in his spare time. Like, I mean, everybody's got a hobby. You know, outside of comedy, what do you do? Uh, he was also a painter. Uh, his, he did many art gallery shows where he'd, uh, you know, put his work on display, his paintings. Uh, he authored several books, including uh, one on the bestsellers list. So he was also an author. And... You know, I found out John Cougar Mellencamp. I always known him as the great, you know, musical artist, but he's a big-time painter, too, and I had no idea. I seen him on uh, Sammy Hagar's podcast, so let's hope they're coming on over here to Funny Like Clown podcast. Uh, uh, his father was uh, an alcoholic, and his parents separated when he was seven. And I, I think that's a common thing. I think, uh, you know, uh, most most people who do comedy, they, they have a dark childhood, and I think they use comedy to kind of cope with it, you know, and... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mechanism, you know, you laugh at your pain, okay, that's that's how you deal with it, by laughing at it, and certainly, you know, I went through a divorce, and it was killing me, and I came up with the child support superhero, and that was a way of me coping with the pain that I was dealing with going through, seeing my child being hurt, and knowing he was being hurt, and nothing I could do about it, because the government's going to raise the kids nowadays, not you. So, you know, and uh, even uh, Robin Williams himself, you know, he had a, a dark past, you know, what was his famous line that, uh, I always feared being alone, but that's not the fear. The fear is being with people who make you feel like you're alone. So, being alone ain't half as bad as people who shitting on you, I guess, you know? Uh, let's see. Uh, because of his dark childhood, he was alone in his room where he interviewed himself a lot and he created his own characters. And who can't relate to that? I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I was playing Star Wars. I had a, a stick outside for a lightsaber and I'm fighting my imaginary friends so I mean this guy actually got into where he was interviewing himself and he had characters that he came up with in his head uh, he got teased at school a lot for his parents divorce which 
nowadays it's such a common thing, but back then, I mean, if you broke up back then, it was a very shameful thing, and nowadays with child support and alimony, it makes more sense to break up and stay together, so they've changed that a lot, but, uh, and it even said, you know, he learned to deal with his pain through laughter, that's how he dealt with his hard childhood, was he'd make fun of it and learn to laugh at it. You gotta laugh at your pain, I'll tell you. If you don't laugh at this world, it'll eat you up, chew you up, and spit you out, man, and, uh, in, in his uh, adult life, uh, you know, as a response to his sorrow, he quit high school in his senior year and joined the Marines. After the Marines, he started he studied cartooning at the Daytona Art Institute, and that was where he met his wife. Uh, uh, at his start, he lost his watch, okay? And he couldn't afford another watch because him and his wife weren't doing too good. And his wife encouraged him to enter a writing contest in the first place. Surprise! A new watch. So he decided to do that. Uh, he won that. He won the watch. Uh, winning that led to a job as a DJ locally in town there where they were having the contest. After two and a half years, uh, the program director arranged an audition with CBS in New York City. So he must have been hitting a big with... Uh, being a DJ there for the uh, program director to arrange that. Uh, so he promised his wife that uh, he was going to go to New York City, he lived in Ohio, and he said if he didn't make it big within a year that he'd move back to Ohio. He moved there with uh, to New York with 56 bucks in his pocket. That's what he did to start with. And you got to respect that. You, you go in the middle of nowhere with no money, you're taking a chance right there, folks. But, you know, a lot of comics do that, man. You know, the, what's the old saying? You know, if you don't sleep in the back of your car and shower at a gym, you're not a real comic. I mean, you're gonna go for it man you, you gotta go for it and uh he got an agent and he started stand-up comedy with the 56 bucks once he got there uh he got on tv's chance of a lifetime that was his big break on uh cbs's uh omnibus um he did commercials after that i mean you know chance of a lifetime that was kind of the american guest talent of its time you know if you got on there that'd expose you as you know somebody trying to uh, break into the big time and certainly TV can break into big time. That's for sure um, He did commercials uh, his comedy albums. He did he had Papa characters mud Frickett was one of them uh, I remember that one actually from Hee Haw when I was watching my parents and uh, there comes a couple more Harleys in which in Massachusetts They got the toys and Harleys. That's what they do but, uh, Let's see uh, he appeared on the Tonight Show okay on CBS's uh, show competing with uh, you know Red Skelton and Carol Burnett and those were the legends of the time and this guy's competing with them too and you know the Tonight Show back then it's a whole lot different than it is now I mean if you get on there now not that it's a big thing but it ain't gonna make you if you get on the Tonight Show as a comedian back when Johnny Carson was there instantly you're a working major draw comic I mean only the best of the best get on where nowadays you know they get everybody and the brothers getting on it's a common thing so well, it still is a good stepping stone. It's not the, the made man comic it was back in the day. So, uh, let's see. Uh, some of his more memorable appearances were on the, uh, the Dean Martin show and the Celebrity Roast. And I'll tell you, the Dean Martin Roast, they started it all. I mean, everybody watches the roast on Comedy Central today. But Dean Martin started it all. And if you go on YouTube, you can check out some of these roasts. And they had the stars of the stars of the time. And... You, you could watch them today and laugh just as hard as you do at any of the ones you're watching now. It was just geniuses at work. And that, that's why, you know, the ones on Comedy Central are doing so good today because 
they paved the way with what they did back then. And you know, if you got something good, everybody wants to copy it. You know that. Uh, he was on the Andy Williams show, Hollywood Squares, which I don't remember him as that one. Hollywood Squares. That was only the top people at the time. Uh, Good Morning America, another one. You know, these are only the top people getting on these shows. Uh, he did some movies. The Russians are coming. Uh, Viva Max. Uh, he and uh, Woody Allen were regulars on the kid TV show Hot Dog. I don't know if I remember that one or not. Again, we're going back to kids TV shows, but I mean, here's you know, movies, comedy albums, television. I mean, this guy worked his way up. He's at the top of his game. You know, uh, he got on the Muppet Show. But you know, if you think you think about that as a kid show nowadays, but back you know when I was a kid, Muppet Show was on. That was primetime television. You and your parents watched it together, and you enjoyed the puppets, and your parents, you know, they enjoyed the guest stars. And it was only the top people, like Kenny Rogers. I mean, it wasn't like a kid show of today. That was a primetime. You made it show to be on the Muppets back then. You know, let's see uh, the new Scooby Doo movies he was in. Uh, he was the narrator. Oh, and there goes uh, Funny Looking Podcast. All right. I'm back. All right. It was uh, he was the narrator for uh, Frosty Returns, and who the hell didn't watch Frosty the Snowman and Frosty Returns as a kid? Those were the legendary. You stayed at home to watch them as a kid. You know, movies. And uh, all right, we got that adjusted. All right. The wind's blowing me down here, folks. Let's see. He was in the Flintstones. Uh, Alec Baldwin's The Shadow, which I remember that where he took on more of a serious role, where you know he was known for the comedy and stuff, but there he took on a serious role. In the shadow, and I thought he did a very good job with that. He was in uh, Animaniacs, uh, the PBS kids show, encouraging kids to exercise. He had his own on PBS, which I mean, you're in there with Big Bird and everybody encouraging kids to exercise. That's what we grew up on, folks. And we, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have the Nickelodeon, we didn't have the Cartoon Network. PBS was it, man. That was like the top of the kids. We couldn't wait Saturday morning cartoons, you know. But uh, other than that, PBS was where it was at for kids. So. If you wanted to reach him, that's where you went. Um, he was only the second recipient ever of the Mark Twain Prize, which, I mean, they don't just give those out to anybody and their brother. You really got to do something special to get them. And he, he was only the second recipient ever. That shows you how uh, storied of his career he had. Uh, did the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, and I believe that was the movie they put out about the cartoon years later. I didn't see it, but I do remember the trailers for the movie Rocky and Bullwinkle. And, certainly was uh, a hit movie at the time. Comedy Central ranked him number 18 on their list of all-time comedians of all time. Uh, let's see, he was a pioneer of improv. Uh, you know, that, that was that, that's a good point, the improv. I've seen one time where uh, they had him, uh, he was on a show, I don't remember the show, but I was watching it. They put him in like an attic, like a made-up attic with like a bunch of stuff that you know, would have been in somebody's attic. And, you know, he didn't practice. He didn't have any lines. He didn't know it was he. He just went around, picked up each piece, and started doing, like, a short show with it, which each piece was in the attic. It was improv. Just you had to think of something funny about right on the spot. And it was just genius to be able to do that. Uh, whose line is it now? You know, they did. That's kind of the improv of our day where, you know, they put some people together and they'd throw things at them, and you had to make something up on top of your head about it. Uh, let's see. He said that uh, his inspirations were Robin Williams, Steve Martin, and Johnny Carson. So, I mean, what a thrill, you know, Robin Williams, you know, one of your inspirations, and you get to work with him on Mork and Mindy that many years later, you know. I mean, 
that was like a thrill for me. I flew up to Alaska, and one of my dreams in life was to open for Sam Kinison's opening act, Carl LeBeau, and I got to open for him up there, and it's like, when you, when you get to work with the person who inspired you, it's just such a special moment in your life, and uh, I think that's always something you should remember in comedy, you know. That uh, you, you got to set goals for yourself, you know. They say if you write something down on a piece of paper, you're three times as more likely to do it in life than if you just, you know, think about it in the back of your head and then forget about it. If you write it down, so I wrote out my bucket list, what I wanted to accomplish before I died on a... Uh, piece of paper and I've crossed out about 90% of it so I mean because it was on that paper I've gotten most of it done and that's why you get ahead in life because you know you gotta have goals and you can't just sit home waiting for the phone ring to make them happen you gotta go out and make them happen yourself uh, let's see uh, some of his uh, some of his famous sayings Jonathan Winters uh, this was how he inspired other people and his ideas to get ahead. He said, if your ship doesn't come in, then swim to meet it. Okay? So, you know, just what I said, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan said, how many shots did he miss? That's why he won, because he missed so many shots, he knew how to make it, you know, I mean, I've gotten my ass kicked so many times in comedy, I can't even count, but, you know, I never let it get me down. I kept getting back up and going toward my goal. And a lot of people, you know, they get their ass kicked and they say, this ain't for me and quit. Well, you're never going to reach your goal if you quit, okay? You get your ass kicked. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, keep going toward your goal, and that's how you become a winner, not a loser right there. Uh, one of his other sayings was, I couldn't wait for success, so I went ahead without it. So, you know, and that's a good point. You know, I said earlier, if you're doing what you love to do, you never work a day in your life. And I just, I'll give you an example. I just recently put out a uh, small budget movie from Preacher to Prophet, a Sam Kennison story about my hero, Sam Kennison, and, uh, one of the, uh, you know, his brother Bill Kennison, you know, he, he seen that I was putting it out. And he made me promise that he got to see it first before anybody else. And uh, he was expecting, you know, all I was trying to put out was a small budget film with me and my friends for YouTube and the Internet. He was expecting a big budget, you know, film, you know, box office thing that I was going to open with a major budget. And that wasn't what it was. And he said it was kind of amateurish. And I'm like... Well, yeah, that's all I was really going for, you know, because I, I ain't got a million dollars to put out a big budget film. But, uh, you know, I put it on the Internet, and so far the reviews are great. But, you know, that could have really got anybody else down. Where Bill Kennison, you know, he's my hero's brother, and he really didn't get behind what I was doing. But, you know, I don't think it was that he didn't, you know, hated it. It was more he misunderstood what I was trying to do and thought it was a bigger thing. But if you get a chance, go check it out on YouTube. And I think I'm very proud of how it came out. And... Hopefully that'll inspire somebody to make the actual movie about it. And who knows? Maybe they'll make a movie about Jonathan Winters someday. And I know they did about, uh, what, they made a movie about Robin Williams. I watched it. It was so long ago, I don't remember half of it. And I don't remember if John. I think Jonathan Winters' character might have been in there. and uh, Deservedly so, because here's a guy, you know, 50 years of putting out a comedy album. Did what he loved to do until the date he died. You know, he's still doing the Smurfs and everything, you know. And... You know, if if you can do what you love to do for 60 years, and you know, I got I got started in comedy late, Mike. You know, later in my life, and well, I'm so glad I did it. I've had some of the most fun times of my life. I think, what if I had started earlier? You know, what have I, what would I have accomplished then? You'll never know. So, you know, do what you love to do. Don't ever give up. You know, keep doing it. And I've had so many people try to kick me down. It's such a dirty business comedy. You know, people get jealous of what you do. And, you know, they'll try to kick you down and shit all over you. And, you know, don't ever listen to the haters, you know. 
I actually had somebody say, hey, you're getting some really good numbers on your podcast. How do you do that? And I said, you know, below, you know, love what you do and don't ever listen to the haters. That's the most important thing is. Had I listened to the haters, I wouldn't even be doing the podcast. And I had about five people really shitting on me about it, and I'm getting 300 hits a week. So I'll take the 300 hits a week over to five people, you know, who are negative in life. Because, you know what? Funny Like a Podcast. It's one funny-ass podcast, and I'm proud of it. And I want to thank you guys listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. We'll be reviewing another comedian, and maybe we'll get some guests on. And I've come from your gardener, now winching in, and maybe we'll hit Fitchburg next. So until next time, keep laughing and do what you love to do, folks. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.